Hello, everybody. I am Pastor James. This is The Essentials. It's a podcast to explore our faith and to celebrate good news and hope that we experience in this life. I am recording this episode currently between two churches. Just concluded my ministry at the Freedom Moravian Church. And after a couple of weeks of organizing and packing and moving, I will start uh, serving in ministry at the Glenwood Moravian Community Church, which is in Madison. So I have for you my last sermon uh, that we gave on the 22nd here in Freedom, kind of a goodbye to the Freedom Congregation. And there might be a little break in podcasts as we uh, handle logistics of moving, but then we will keep it going uh, once we start up in Madison. So the readings for the 22nd, we have one from Hebrews, we have one from Matthew. First from Hebrews, it's kind of a farewell, instructions for the community, what to do and what sort of mindset to have something that can offer perspective as a time in ministry ends in one setting. And then the passage from Matthew is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And the passage concludes with that bit about a light is meant to shine, that a city on a hill can't be hidden. Take your light and let it shine. It's something we typically say at our Christmas Eve services as we're holding our candles high into the air. And it was something I wanted the folks at Freedom to think about, that even though we're going through this time of transition, that things might be scary, things might be challenging as they go through the call process, but that their light should still shine. So first from Hebrews, it's chapter 13. It's a collection of verses from chapter 13. Keep loving each other like family. Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests, because by doing this, some have been hosts to angels without knowing it. Remember prisoners, as if you were in prison with them, and people who are mistreated, as if you were in their place. Your way of life should be free from the love of money, and you should be content with what you have. After all, he has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. This is why we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke God's word to you. Imitate their faith as you consider the way their lives turned out. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Pray for us. We're sure that we have a good conscience, and we want to do the right thing in every way. I'm particularly asking you to do this so that I can be returned to you quickly. May the God of peace, who brought back the great shepherd of the sheep, our Lord Jesus Christ, from the dead by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing to do his will, by developing in us what pleases him through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever and always. Amen. And then from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up a mountain. He sat down, and his disciples came to him. He taught them, saying, 
Happy are people who are hopeless, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Happy are people who grieve, because they will be made glad. Happy are people who are humble, because they will inherit the earth. Happy are people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, because they will be fed until they are full. Happy are people who show mercy, because they will receive mercy. Happy are people who have pure hearts, because they will see God. Happy are people who make peace, because they will be called children of God. Happy are people whose lives are harassed because they are righteous, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Happy are you when people insult you and harass you and speak all kinds of bad and false things about you, all because of me. Be full of joy and be glad, because you have a great reward in heaven. In the same way, people harass the prophets who came before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing except to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand, and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do, and praise your Father who, who is in heaven. Here ends the reading of our word. So my parents came up on Saturday this past week to help with the packing process a little bit. And they know that they raised a procrastinator, so they weren't surprised by the lack of a head start we have made before we move in a little over a week, because it's really nothing new. In seminary, we'd be talking on the phone, and I'd mentioned that I had a 15-page paper due the next day, so they'd ask how much I have left to write, and much to the detriment of their secondhand anxiety for me, the number of pages I have had left to get done for tomorrow was never less than 10. Even on Saturday, they asked me if my sermon was ready for Sunday morning, as is their habit before a worship service. And I told them that in classic James fashion, I still had some work to do. I blamed it on the long week. I said that it was tough to find time to get it written, blah, blah, blah. I tried to just kind of laugh it off, because the truth was that I had been avoiding that sermon like the plague. This was going to be my last sermon in freedom. And the longer I stayed away from writing it, the longer I could avoid that reality. But I actually still remember my first day here, like it was yesterday. And I recently found out that Pastor Jason Anderson, who started here in the early 2000s, we had the exact same experience on day number one in freedom. We both just graduated seminary. This was our first call out of school. We got to the office all excited. We sat down at the desk ready to work. And then we each had the same thought. What in the world 
do I do now? What did I go to school for three years for? We had nothing. No clue at all. And that continued to happen to me a lot during those first couple of years. I know I had that feeling at my first chili supper when I was told that the pastor usually works in the sanctuary, keeping track of who can go sit at a table next. That was simple enough for a little while, but eventually the social hall was full of people eating, and there were 75 people sitting and waiting in the pews. And then a family of 15 came in wondering how long it would be until they could get a table together. And I absolutely had no clue. I also had that feeling as I approached my first church council, our annual congregational meeting. And I remember after worship that day trying to eat at the potluck forever as if the meeting wouldn't be able to start as long as the pastor was still eating. And when my stomach couldn't take it anymore, one of our joint board members, Marilyn, handed me the gavel and told me it's time to get things going. And not really thinking of myself as a gavel type of person, also kind of being in denial, I just asked her, and what am I supposed to do with this? The emotions were similar for my first funeral. I was in the hospital in the afternoon with Dell and Louisa as Dell's health was fading. And before I left, I gave Louisa my phone number. I told her to call me if she has an update or if she needs anything. And then at 2.30 in the morning, my phone rang. Louisa just said, Pastor James, Dell died. Before I could answer, she asked, what do I do now? And I had no clue. So I went over to her apartment, and I spent the entire drive in those early morning hours wondering, what on earth am I doing? What am I going to provide for this sweet little woman as she just lost her husband? We sat and talked for a few hours. Eventually, we formulated a plan. There were so many occasions where I felt unprepared or downright unworthy to be walking this walk that I've been on, to be with the people I've gotten to be with. And those moments were certainly more frequent when I started in ministry, but they would still pop up as the years went on, I would find myself facing something brand new. It felt like I didn't have the training, didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Just think of this past summer, if you might have been in worship with us, when a visitor spoke up after the sermon to very strongly disagree with everything I had just preached on. Externally, I played it kind of cool. But wow, if you could have heard the voice in my head telling me to run straight for the door. But here's the thing. With all of those moments in ministry, all of those times when it felt like I didn't know what was going on, I didn't know what to do. 
there was still this undeniable, unshakable feeling that things were going to be okay. Maybe I was totally confused. Maybe I didn't know what the next step was or what I was supposed to do as a pastor in this situation. But I still knew without a shadow of a doubt that everything would be fine. And just to be clear, that's not some crystallizing realization for me personally that proves how I was, how I was just so meant to be a pastor that things always worked out. It's not even a statement about how we don't have to worry because God's got this. That comfort in knowing that everything would be okay is a testament to this congregation here in freedom. You all were the reason. Each and every time you were why, I knew I would survive, that I would learn, and we would be okay. You showed grace when I needed to know more. You showed patience when I needed to be reminded of something. Then you opened up your arms and picked me back up when I could have done better. You faced the unknown with me and didn't flinch. Thank you very much, COVID. And you'd ask difficult questions and have real conversations. Everything good that came out of the last five years came through and was because of you. And you do all that you do with such a deep commitment to your church and to each other. And you have this real, genuine belief that no matter what's ahead, there will be faith hope, and love there. There will be a sense of community there. And it's carved into your DNA so well that I don't think you notice it sometimes. It's second nature. You just tackle whatever is next, and you have the assurance that things will be okay. And it has been such a privilege for me to walk with a group of people who are both so determined, but also so gracious. Now, with my time as your pastor coming to an end, I think you already know this, but I need to tell you this anyway. You're going to be okay. Better than okay, actually. Things are going to be different. Something new. Maybe something more might be asked of you. And maybe the unknown road ahead is bringing more questions than answers right now. But the constant that lies underneath all of that is this amazing community of faith. So lean on each other. Care for each other. Tell each other often that you love one another. And in the coming days and weeks, when you feel that sense of grief or that sense of loss, 
take it as a reassurance that our time that we got to spend together was something of value, that it was a good thing. It had great meaning, and that should be celebrated. If the call process gets frustrating, gets long, makes you feel angry, or brings any other strong emotions out. When you feel those emotions, embrace them, but also see them as a reflection of just how much it matters to you who is leading your beloved siblings. It is a precious thing to care about something or some place or someone so deeply. And as this next step matters to you and weighs heavily on your hearts and minds, take it as a compliment that you care so deeply about something. That is a rare thing in this world. And then when the time comes, Wrap your next leader in the same love you showed to me. And no matter what, you are going to be okay. Not because of any circumstance or any decision. Not because of anyone who stands behind the pulpit. You'll be okay because of who you are. And I am so incredibly blessed to be joining that long list of people who will remember Freedom Moravian so fondly. And I apologize if it feels like this goodbye has come too soon. But just know that your outstanding faith and compassion has made this goodbye just about impossible for me as well. Because you all took that brand new pastor, fresh out of school, who didn't have a clue. And you turned him into an experienced, somewhat capable pastor who might have a good idea every now and then. And what I've learned about ministry and what I've learned about myself here will walk with me. And it will be a light for anyone that I might get to walk with in the future. And what I've learned about love here has blessed my life beyond comprehension. And it will only help me love more. I will pray for you. I will miss you. And I will always have the absolute confidence Somewhere, Freedom Moravian will be serving and loving together, no matter what the future holds. Because you all simply don't know how to do anything else. Amen. So I thank you for checking out another episode here on the podcast. You can learn more about the Freedom Moravians by checking out their website, by following them on Facebook. You can worship with them on YouTube. You can learn a little more about the church I'm going to be serving, the Glenwood Moravian Community Church. You can find them on all the same platforms, 
And you can find out more about Moravians at moravian.org. So take care, be well, and I will catch you all next time.